Good afternoon, good evening, and good morning, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the podcast. This is Pending Moderation. I myself am Phil, and I'm joined again by my buddy Mark. How are you doing, Mark? Hi, Phil. Uh, I'm doing all right. Uh, as I told you a little bit earlier, I'm currently sitting watching my plants and garden blow away from the hectic winds. It's, yeah, I'm, I'm, it's it's a bit depressing, but but you know, we fight on, and there's podcasts that need recording. What are we talking about today, uh, Philly? Well, a couple of weeks ago we did the zombies. Now we're gonna tackle vampires. So eventually we will tackle all of the undead mobs and how they relate to like entities in our world and how they are portrayed in different media. Um and. We want to look at where they come from and how they are portrayed in modern media. I am very excited to talk about vampires, especially one little aspect of it. And then I want to tell you a story at some point that might make you question humanity. Um, but that, that's what I'm here to do. Make you all question humanity, question your thoughts, question how things are going. So, Are these thoughts even mine? Well, that that's a whole new topic. <laughs> that's a whole new topic that we we will discuss at some point. You're talking about modern modern media. Yeah, modern media. You said modern media. Yeah, well, I, I did not. Re- I, I I'm 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 less prepared for this conversation than I thought. Then. <laughs> well, we can go into ancient media. Okay, we have to talk about a starting point from any anything that we talk about. And the starting point goes back to media. Yes. I'd rather reference my my scrolls, you know. <laughs> yeah. Um, as with all of our podcasts, uh, if you like what you're hearing, uh, you can lead, leave a comment on podbean.com where we will leave a link to that in the description. And as we usually say, do all the things that are podcast related and you can get a hold of us and get in touch with us. We are... Uh, we have a couple of good episodes planned um, for the future and any input that you guys are willing to give about anything we are doing over here, I uh, will be gratefully received. Right. So, Mark, seeing as you've got your scrolls in front of you, what do you think a vampire is? Um, I don't really have scrolls in front of me. <laughs> <laughs> I, listen, I'm, I'm just gonna picture. I, I'm gonna picture you going forward as a dude sitting there with your toga, just got these scrolls in front of you, and you're like, oh, according to the ancient histories. And I'm just, just gonna. Like, I'm, I'm definitely away. not searching through papers right now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay, okay. Oh, did I say? Did I say paper? I meant papyrus. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, 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 okay. I'm just fucking around. I'm just fucking around. Um, well, I can give uh, like the colloquial sort of layperson definition of what a vampire is. That's sort of what we see in games and movies and things like that. You know, uh, there's like a few base requirements, you know, like uh, pale skin, scared of the sun, doesn't like garlic, not so big on crosses. I think it's like I think silver is also one of the things, uh, you know, stakes to the heart. You know, that's like your your classic, uh, uh, or your most common vampire. I would say like that you that you get in games and and movies and stuff like that. So so what does Wikipedia have to say then? <clears throat> Wikipedia says the charismatic and sophisticated vampire of modern fiction was born in 1819 with the publication of The Vampire by English writer John Polidori. The story was highly successful and arguably the most influential vampire work of the early 19th century. Bram Stoker's 1897 novel Dracula is remembered as the quintessential vampire novel and provides the basis for the modern vampire legend. Even though it was published after fellow Irish author Joseph Sheridan Le Fadu's 1892 novel Carmilla, the success of this book spawned a distinctive vampire genre, still popular in the 21st century, with fo- books, films, television shows, 
and video games. The vampire has since become a dominant figure in the horror genre. <clears throat> so, yeah, that that's what Wikipedia gives us regarding vampires. It's very... That was a lot of words. Yeah, a lot of big words as well. <laughs> so, yeah. I'm just going to kind of like supplement that and say vampires are essentially undead creatures and they exist and they prolong their life through taking in vital essence. Usually it's blood. And I say vital essence because sometimes they actually take life force from other things in order to prolong their lives and give themselves uh, immortality. And the most famous vampire in existence is Count Dracula, who was essentially the father of all vampires. And he made them how they are and um, what they what they are. So while I was researching uh, or wanting to research this topic, I kind of got distracted by a question, right? Like, oh yeah, what causes the first vampire to become a vampire? No, I I didn't go back into that. <laughs> yeah, you see, so so this is this is why I'm I feel like I'm not that like super prepared for the conversation because I focused almost entirely on on trying to figure that out. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess we're gonna dedicate a section to this podcast. Do you want to start there? I mean, we might as well, but bef- yeah, yeah, we might as well. Because this this goes into a lot of like the lore behind like what vampires are. Um, yeah. And where a lot of this comes from in in modern media. So, okay, uh-huh. in in, in oh, no, sorry, where where it comes from in in reality, in like modern uh, in medicine or in um myth or in um superstition or or whatever whichever origin um it is so the some of the i suppose we can start like right in the beginning so like the earliest um like reference to to sort of the traits of a vampire it didn't actually call say the word vampire or like or imply it in sort of any way but there's like a Greco-Roman, I think it's, I'm not sure if it's Greek or, or Roman. Let me just check here quickly. I think it's Greek. Yeah, Greek. So um, it began with this dude. Uh, what is his name? I don't know. I can't see his name yet now. But um, basically, it's like the, the sun god Apollo um in a fit of rage oh there's a name ambrogio ambrogio um cursed him so that his skin would burn if it ever touched sunlight again and then he ended up uh getting tricked and gambling his soul to to hades um so so hades owned his soul and then apollo's sister artemis uh the goddess of moon and hunting made it so that his skin would burn if it ever touched silver uh then the blessings came when came after artemis uh taking pity uh on him gave him the gift of immortality uh he would carry his curses but he would live forever in his current form and then Artemis also gave him the the speed and strength to become a hunter. Uh, and then blood sucking, uh, apparently also called hematophagy. Hematophagy? Hematophagy? I can't say smart words. Hematophagy. Yeah, whatever. It's... It's also part of uh, his his blessings, uh, this Am- Ambrogio guy. So, but he would have to in the original story. He has to like hunt. He has to hunt swans, and use their their ink to write love poems or some shit. I don't know. Greek mythology is is like, is, like they even make a note here that says like it sounds kind of creepy and weird by our standards, but it wasn't that unusual in ancient Greece to make to make do with what you hunted. So. <laughs> <clears throat> so this dude, um, the the story goes basically that he then moves to, uh, he comes from Italy to Greece, gets all these fucking curses, then moves back to Italy and stays in the city of Florence. 
and he creates the the first vampire clan and like that's pretty fucking interesting because there's an italian story about uh where was that story now uh so i can't remember it oh fuck i can't I, i've got so many fucking things that i opened up here i can't remember what all of them were but um <laughs> there's like an italian story where they're like these people are um where they had like 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 a couple of hundred years where they were talking about like legends of vampires in that area and this is and then there's also a story about like some russian dude um like there's a romanian prince you know vlad so vlad i think the impaler that's the that's the one who stoker's story is based or has some characteristics similarities between the characters we can get back into some of your stuff now, but that's basically the the origin I wanted to talk about is like, it seems like <clears throat> that's the first reference to the the vampire traits and characteristics. Uh, <clears throat> okay. Um, what was what was the name of that that dude who was the the Greek dude who was uh Am Am Ambrogio. Ambrogio. Like a- a- M A M B R O G I O. Okay, the Ambrogio, Ambrogio. I don't know. Ambrogio. Yeah, well, you seem to be struggling with it. But the reason why I asked to bring that back is because one of the books I wanted to mention is a book by my favorite author, David Gemmel. And one of his books is called Knights of the Dark Renown, which tells of these supernatural vampire like beings that take life essence and essentially add it to their own so that they can be immortal for all time. And uh, the liquid that they called it, the liquid that they drank was called Ambria. So it it was definitely, it's definitely a play on that dude's name. So he yeah, was like, maybe. this is the liquid that they are essentially using. And David Gimmel is, he's known to take a whole bunch of things and he researches them thoroughly and then, takes history and kind of weaves it into his stories. Um, and that that is something I will discuss at a later stage when I'm able to talk about David Gemmel for an entire podcast. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> in here, there's also references to, like, obviously the energy, the energy-sucking vampires. And then they also mm-hmm. talk about, like, one, um, there's, there's a story about, like, a... a through a ritual and sorcery in ancient Egypt, they summoned like a demon yeah. into the world. Um, <clears throat> and then there's like um, Asian vampires, which are like the the, the Chinese uh, Shongxi evil spirit things that attract people and drain their life energy. Um, yeah. And there's also um, there's also a blood drinking ra- wrathful deity thing that's in the Tibetan Book of the Dead as well. So so like all through like many cultures there's a few different um you know vampires oh and here's the thing yeah. that i was looking for about the the university of florence they found like um a couple somewhere there uh body of a woman in a mass grave the specter was a vampire uh, they shoved like rocks so they say they shoved like rocks into the skull to prevent her from like chewing through a shroud and infecting people or whatever <clears throat> and then there's another one where it's like um where there's two uh, skeletons were found in bulgaria um where they were both impaled um in so like from from apparently from the similar time period like yeah where where vampirism was was you know big was a big thing you know 15th, yeah what 16th century they around what they did was they took the the coffins <clears throat> And they would essentially put like little spikes on the inside or something on the inside so that when your body dies and and your body starts like expanding because usually when you die, you die, your body starts like, um, like bloating, uh, especially if it's, if it's soil that is rich in water and those type of things, or you, you, you're in the humid environment. So your bodies would expand and because your body is bloating like that it would get pierced by these um these stakes that are set around you stopping you from jumping out of your grave and also killing you off if you were becoming a vampire at that point so it was it was back in the day when people really had like 
vampires was was a major thing and people really they looked at it and they thought it was listen these are actual things they are coming for us and myth and um all of these stories that we have from history just add to it yeah it's all the way through dude like it's it's africans had there's like an african version um, yeah where where they would suck the blood through the thumbs of the people who are sleeping of, of people who are sleeping there's um yeah like the chinese there's there's a different chinese uh like green blood-sucking creature that was like yeah. covered in mold and would glow in the dark there's the the greek and roman succubi that would seduce uh young men in their sleep and then like drain them um there's like so many different versions like over history but it's 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 very fairly similar like to the concept of like a creature that like lives off the life force of others you know yeah um it's pretty crazy yeah and this this life force that they live off of others is usually blood and they drink yeah. the blood they get like um oh hamio whatever that, that however you say that word um has to do with blood hamio is is blood so yeah. um they all link to blood and blood is used the reason why i said um it was a life essence is because you are using this blood to satisfy yourself. You are using it to regenerate. You're using it to prolong your life. And you are essentially taking away life from other things. And that is something that goes back years. And usually it's it's put down to demons because a human would generally not go around drinking other people's bloods. A human, as people saw them back then, were people who are, we are who we are. So we're not going to go around and like supernaturally take away someone's life to make us live longer because, you know, we, we mortal, we, we are people. So yeah, vampires linked with blood, vampires linked with power as well. And when you look at their powers, we also look at their abilities. Of course, the abilities vary from like uh, mythology to mythology, but generally they have super strength, super, uh, superhuman stamina. They heal really quick. They have super speed. They have agility. And one of the most important things is immortality. Like back in the day, they were probably weren't as like closely linked to immortality as they are today. But today, when you talk about a vampire, you're talking about something that's been around for like hundreds of years. And they just essentially just living that long time. And how they use that in modern media was generally vampires are portrayed as these, especially the older vampires or the elder vampires. They are portrayed as these suave, charisma, uh, charismatic people, and they are able to, um, like, you know, determine how the world is going to go and influence people just by talking to them. And that kind of links to their mortality. Um, they are immortal, so they can watch people for like hundreds of years, see what makes people tick, and then use that charisma in order to control each other or control other people. Um, yeah, and another thing that you spoke about with vampires is generally seen as people who have paler skin than everyone else because they they don't come out in the sun. You know, they just need some like vitamin D to wreck their lives. That's something I also wanted to get into, like, um, I, because of the, the origins, right? There's um, a source that, that could be linked to it. Um, there's a blood disorder called porphyria, P-O-R-P-H-Y-R-I-A. And it's, it's pretty crazy because it became very prevalent among nobility and royalty in Eastern Europe, right? So like the counts and countesses, um, and it's an inherited blood disorder that causes the body to produce less uh, heme, so H-E-M-E, which is a critical po component of hemoglobin, um, the protein in the red blood cells that carries oxygen from the lungs to the body tissues. Um, so a lot of the symptoms um of this could be linked to like the the origin of the vampire myth well not the origin of the vampire myth but but uh the prevalence or the increase of the prevalence of the the vampire myth and it was this this disease is sometimes called vampire disease as well so 
you get extreme sensitivity to sunlight beca um, because of the lack of oxygen being able to make it to your skin and that causes facial disfigurement sometimes blackening of the skin and hair growth um, you get fangs uh, because um, additional to the in addition to the facial um, disfigurement um, the repeated um, re-emergence of the, the disease causes your gums to start receding, exposing your teeth to make it look almost like they were fangs. Um, the blood drinking thing is because the people have a very dark red urine. And so people s s assumed, you know, red urine means that it's from drinking blood. And there was also at some in some areas, some physicians would, in, would uh, recommend drinking animal blood to compensate for the the lack of red blood cells but that was obviously i don't know if that that like that has any benefit i don't think so but yeah it's we're talking about you know <clears throat> not exactly modern modern medicine you know <laughs> um so so yeah like a lot of these people who would like walk around out after dark because they can't go in the sun looking for animal blood could give a little bit of the you know, with their fangs out and figured disfigured faces. Um, and then there's also aversion to garlic because there's sulfur in garlic and that causes um, the the porphyria to flare up. Um, and it causes pain when it flares up. And then uh, reflections not, in, not seen in mirrors. So a vampire is not able to look into a mirror or can't see its reflection. And like these people would obviously not really want to look at themselves a lot with their like skin and stuff like being all the this this uh, disfigured um and then fear of the crucifix because of the spanish inquisition from the 1500 to about the mid 1800s uh no yeah, mid 19 i don't know 1800 18 18 to or 80 whatever i can't remember i'm not so good with history um <laughs> there was like in, in that time there was 600 vampires burnt at the stake Right, so a lot of the people who were accused of being vampires were just innocent people who suffered of this suffered this blood blood disease. So they had a good reason to be scared of the 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 crosses and the Christian faith, you know, because they literally would kill people on suspicion of being vampires. Uh, so yeah, poor poor fiery poor and um, there's also one little like additive here, which is speculative, but they say Stoker could maybe have known of the existence of the disease because um, eight years before Stoker's book, um, there were cases of the disease um, already classified and um, there were already patients with this being described um, by a different author during the same period of time, many years before, a few years before that. So it's possible that Stoker could have gotten some of these these things from um, from medicine. Joseph Sheridan Lefano is is the author you were talking about. No, I'm, this this no, no. author is George Harley is the one who described George the Harley. Oh, yeah, he's geez. the one who talked about the patient. It's a medical author though, physician oh. author. Um, he described the symptoms. So Stoker could have seen those uh, like for, he could have seen those from the same like from the the, the english physicians and stuff around him i mean he could have ah. found those symptoms and then made up a different origin to those symptoms and and you know in that way linked it to the the dracula vampire stuff um that's okay at least the speculation that this article is made. <clears throat> okay jeez yeah so yeah, yeah, that's basically what I've got on. Oh, one more story on the origins of vampires. So this okay. is uh, in modern day Croatia. So the region of Ish Istria at the time. Um, this is like the first, uh, what, what, what? Uh, who may have been the first real person described as a vampire in historical records. Um, he was referred to as a Strigion or something like that. I'm, I'm obviously not pronouncing that right. But it's like it's like a, a vampire or sorcerer or warlock or something like that. He was a, a stonemason and he had two kids. And basically, uh, for sixty, he died apparently, right? And then for sixteen years after he died, he would climb up out of his uh, his grave, uh, terrorize the village. Um, he, uh, he would go knock on doors. Um, and then 
in the next few days in those houses where the doors were knocked on, um, people would die. Um, and then um, he would, oh yeah, he would attack, it says sexually assault his wife, like after he had like, you know, 16 years after he had passed. And then um, um, the priest of the town eventually came face to face with the vampire and then they had like some hunter dude attack him or chase him and try and kill him but when they tried to stab him with sticks the sticks would just break and bounce off his chest and it wouldn't pierce his chest and then that night nine people went to the graveyard and dug up his coffin and they found his whole body still perfect 16 years later with a big smile on his face and then um the like uh, priest did like some rituals and exorcism stuff uh, because when they tried to stab him again they still couldn't pierce him with any with with sticks and stuff that they brought with and then only after they did an exorcism one of the villagers sawed his whole head off and as they sawed his head off um as soon as the the saw cut his uh, his skin the vampire started the, the vampire they came started screaming and blood started spraying from the cut and then once they had done the decapitation um the village was um was was at peace again according to the 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 folklore around this but the folklore is about a real person jesus (laughs) (laughs) this is how i got stuck in these you see why i got stuck in a rabbit hole on on vampire origins instead of researching what i was supposed to (laughs) okay i i I understand it i get it i get it um yo that that shit is but real. If anyone man. is interested, if anyone is interested in the the rest of the story, I've obviously given a very short version of it. Um, the you can search uh, Yure Grando, so J U R E, uh, and then Grando G R A N D O. It's in Wikipedia, and there was another article about it somewhere else. So, yeah, feel free to to dig if you want to as well. You know what? I'll I'll put it in the description as well. So that so that the name is right there, and you don't have to go back to this time span timestamp in the the podcast, so that you can figure out how to spell it. Yeah. Oh wow. Um. Yo, you shit got real there. Okay. Yeah, I'm <laughs> like, deep, man. Real. I'm in deep. <laughs> <laughs> Whereas I I've got my notes are saying so they are undead creatures. They are demonic and are generally portrayed as stuff. And things that are considered holy would hurt the vampire as well. And you're like, okay, the crucifix is terrible because of like the Spanish Inquisition. And then you're like, the Spanish Inquisition based all well, of oh, it man, depends. Like in, in myth, in in the myth side of things, the crucifix yeah. is because there's there's um uh there's demonic um ties, and it's a yeah. and it's a creature of it's a creature of evil, and yeah, the the become when you become a vampire you're basically enslaved to the 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 vampire who gives you your vampire powers like to a degree because it's like his blood that goes into you so you're yeah. sort of you know <clears throat> uh he's your under the spell you yeah you're sort of under the spell of of like some evil creature so that's where the exorcism church side of things comes in <clears throat> and it, it stands to reason you know that the you know the light propels the dark kind of mm-hmm. mindset there um n- not that all of the church is always so light <laughs> <laughs> well no 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 we we are not going to get into that <laughs> that's not that's not that's a topic for a, for a, for a, for maybe when we want to end this podcast and not do it ever again <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, let's go on to holy places, holy water, and um, the sun is also things that that hurt these undead creatures because they are demons, and demons are propelled or pushed away by the light, and they're pushed away by holy things such as this um, holy water, such as any holy places that you cannot desecrate it, and they also cannot cross running water for some reason as well. I, I've never quite understood that. I saw reference to it in some things, but it, it, it doesn't like none of it really makes sense. Yeah. Like as to like why that's a thing. Like I couldn't find anything about like why they can't 
cross water. Like that's just yeah. I mean, they they just whenever you watch any any type of media and they go into the vampire law, they're like, oh yeah, we can't cross water. And it's like why why can't you cross water? And they're like, yeah, we just can't. This this is what we can't do. We can live forever. You know, we can drink the blood of other people and use their blood to sustain us in order to make sure that we live forever and have all these abilities. But we can't cross water. That that's just how it is. You know, and another thing that um vampires that is like known about vampires is that they need to be invited into a home, otherwise they cannot come in. I found some some origins possibly for that. In the, yeah. the the most common explanation is that that was just a, a stranger danger warning to children. So like, don't invite people into the house because they could be a vampire. But vampires are like supernatural beings. They have superhuman strength and all of that kind of stuff. You you're not gonna stop them by saying, "Yo, wait, wait, wait! I did I didn't invite you in. You can you can just like you can stay outside." And they're yeah, like, oh, oh, I'm stuff. so sorry. I'm so sorry. There's another <laughs> one that's, that some traditions talk about uh, a bag of salt or like something granular. And then yeah. if a vampire is chasing you, you have to throw it. And then they have to stop and count the salt or count the granules. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That, some, that. some weird thing about that, like sand or salt, uh, something like that you have to keep. Yeah. So there's lots that, of that's just weird. That's just there's some weird is. ones that just don't make, they just don't make a lot of sense to me. And for me, like, I always saw, like, when it, that whole being invited into a house was kind of something they used to show us a vampire's level of charisma because they like, okay, we've been watching people for a long time now, so I'm going to just, just talk to this person and say, exactly, convince them to invite me in. And that was something that I was like, cool, I, I guess I can accept that, you know, Seeing as I'm accepting the whole thing that this undead creature is murdering all of these people and sucking their blood and living forever, I might as well accept that too. So, yeah, Mark, um, making vampires or creating a vampire is, is another thing that differs from every, every type of uh, myth that is out there. You spoke about the first vampire that was created, but... Generally, common law is essentially you drink in the vampire's blood, as you said earlier, yeah. and that turns you or, into into a yeah, vampire itself. There are there are some where it basically, if you just get bitten and don't and don't die from your bite, yeah, then then you then you um then you're fine. But if you do die from your bite, then you come back as vampire. Yeah, and there's also other stories where they say that you have to feed within a certain period of time after you become a vampire, or after you bit or ingest the blood, otherwise you just die. It doesn't take. You're, just, yeah. you're not a vampire. Yeah. It doesn't take. So, yeah, when he, that, that was essentially how you would generally become a vampire. And most modern media, like modern series and modern movies, keep to that with all of them. Um, killing a vampire, though, is a, is a different, different situation. Um, how do you kill a vampire, Mark? Well, uh, it depends on obviously the vampire now, but like I said in the beginning, we have like uh, crosses, garlic, silver, um, those are all things that you can use to weaken it, and then Mm -hmm. essentially the ways to make, it it differs in law, but decapitation, separating the the pieces of the the corpse um, from each other, um, there's the the stake thing there isn't any requirement that it necessarily has to be a wooden stake um it, it can be there's there's some traditions that talk about iron stakes there's some to talk about mm. um uh silver um some use wood it 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 differs so so that's basically yeah it, it's like it's to do with like exorcism rituals it's to do with holy water it's to do with like all of those things to try and weaken or trap the vampire and then mm-hmm. the main the main two ways is stake through the where the heart was or would be and decapitation is basically the most common uh ways to make sure yeah and sunlight differs on from what interpretation of a vampire you are looking at one thing i really really liked was the mere fact that you can use dead man's blood to slow down a vampire because 
if a vampire sucks blood, a vampire usually goes for a live victim and gets the blood as fresh as he possibly can. But if you take the blood from an, a dead victim, so some dude who has been dead for, I don't know, I guess like a day, take his blood and you inject it right into a vampire, it slows them down immediately because they are not dealing with cells that are alive. These are cells that are dead. So their body has to metabolize it. Incineration is the other one we're missing out. I forgot about that. Of course. We burn things, dude. Burning things is the best way to kill things. If there's any voodoo or juju or uh, cooties, voodoo, juju. We, 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 just, <laughs> we, just, we, just, we just set it on fire. <laughs> yeah. It's the best way to kill anything. You, you got to... Nope, uh, yeah. I love fire. I mean... <clears throat> I, uh, uh, yeah, okay, I'm going to continue with my uh, discussion on vampires. <laughs> so, yeah, vampires, we identify in different ways. As you said, pale skin, um, ultraviolet, oh, wait, warts on their body, shine in the dark. And the one thing that generally comes out is the fangs. Vampires need fangs because they need blood. Best way to get fangs is to bite into something and get blood from it. Now, the biggest issue I have with that is in movies, okay, in modern media, when a vampire drinks the blood of someone, you rarely see him just, like, drain an entire body of blood. They just, like, slash a dude open. a couple of sips, like, yeah. And I'm like, dude, that's your life force. This is what you're going to use to get, like, you know, as much energy as you want or as much power as you want. In the more brutal depictions of vampires and horrors and stuff, then you usually have the like full cannibalism type vampires. Yeah. So. Yeah. So then they can't choose whether they take a little blood or the entire body. They're like, it's either one or the other. You know, I just want to see a body get drained out of blood, like just lose all of its like fleshiness. So it becomes like a hollowed out body. But that, that's, that's how I feel about it. And um, I do actually like violence that's depicted on television and in movies. And I just want it to be as like stylized as possible. Uh, but that's me. I'm a little unhinged sometimes, you know? So <clears throat> yeah, those, those, that's essentially what vampires are and um, how they are, are depicted and how they are portrayed in um, ancient history. Then we come to, modern times so mark vampires when were you first introduced to this notion of a vampire um it would have probably been it would probably been uh what's it leslie nielsen's nielsen's uh dracula uh, okay or buffy buffy the vampire so i think came out later yeah, Buffy was pretty cool. Buffy the Vampire Slayer. And and I I obviously love Blade. Of course. Like Blade is a <laughs> Wesley Snipes uh, is is just the most badass. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I get a lot of flack for it, but I feel like those movies are great. But don't, yeah. I don't know, like a lot of people might have different opinions. But I don't know. I thought I thought all of them were, were fucking awesome movies. They they're exactly what they what they they don't pretend to be anything that they're not. They're exactly <laughs> what they are. And they're movies wow. about Wesley Snipes kicking ass and killing vampires. Like like what did you what did you think they were going to be about? You know. Okay, my <laughs> my younger brother has like two major franchises that he loves, and and you can't you can't sway him from any one of them. One of them is The Fast and the Furious, which you yeah. I, it's the Fast and the Furious, so yeah, it is what it is. The other one is Blade. He loves the third Blade movie, the one with Ryan Reynolds. He's like, this is my favorite Blade movie of all time. And I'm like, wow. That movie, you get to choose between number one, which is an amazing movie. It's just amazing. It's essentially flawless for what it is. You look at it, you're like, Blade is there. Blade is killing all of his things. They introduce the vampire world. They introduce Blade. They say why Blade is special. They say um, how how he kills vampires. And you go into depth on like what makes these vampires tick and how they get their blood and how they exist in society. And I was like, geez, this is amazing. And then the second movie comes along and the second movie is just like, yo, 
this is the second movie of a franchise. We're just going to have this dude fight everyone. And the third one, as you said, the third one is, it is good. It is good. Okay. I love it. I love Ryan Reynolds. Uh, not as much as the first movie. And I've always been like a fan of the first movie. Um, but my younger brother just loves the shit on a play three. And I mean, the th- what I loved about it is they showed vampires established in our world. And then there were these like holes in the wall that they go to and they showers blood on them and they're all just like drinking blood. And I'm like, geez. And then Blade walks in and Blade is like, I'm just going to murder all of these dudes. <laughs> it brought one of my favorite quotes. I have I, I, one of my favorite movie quotes where Blade kills someone and goes, some motherfuckers thinks it's good to swim upstream. Or some motherfuckers want to swim upstream. <laughs> and he just kills a bunch of Yeah, or some motherfuckers always want to swim upstream. <laughs> yes, that's right. <laughs> and you're like, yes, I feel you. My man. favorite, my favorite, my favorite blade line is just it, it comes out of nowhere, right? They're like everyone is like doing their stuff and like I can't remember exactly where the scene happens, but someone turns to Blade and they're like, Are you ready? And he was like, I was born ready, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm just like, <laughs> okay then, <laughs> let's go. Oh, remember that that um, that scene where they're in the hospital and someone shoots at Blade and Blade just looks at him and goes, "Motherfucker, are you out of your damn mind?" <laughs> like runs at him and the guy's like, "Oh shit, <laughs> he has Blade coming for me." Oh, great movie! Damn, I should I should rewatch that movie. So yeah, Blade. Um, Blade is also getting a revival. Um, there's a new Blade movie coming out soon in the Marvel Universe uh, because they 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 want to restart the franchise and apparently they can make a whole bunch of money from the Blade movie. But the one thing I want from this new Blade movie is it needs to be R-rated. I want to see Blade cut up things. I want to see Blade yeah. kill vampires and just blood everywhere because that fuck. was a thing. Oh, yeah. yeah. He, he needs to be able to say fuck. Like, otherwise it's not Blade. <laughs> Yeah, and it's a, oh, great, great movies, great movies. Um, they also have Dracula in the third Blade movie, and even though beforehand they described vampires and showed you vampires, they Don't bring they call out him Dracula. Drake, though? They call him Drake, yeah. though, I think. Yeah, a, <laughs> the, the white movie, Drake. The, the movie <laughs> has its faults, okay? But he's played by Link, the guy who played Lincoln Burroughs from like Prison Break. So it's this huge buff say, yeah. dude. <laughs> Does he has a name, right? Uh, I think that's Joint Boy from Letterkenny, isn't it? Is it? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 Lincoln Burroughs, <laughs> and, and he was like the ultimate ultimate vampire he like he could walk out in the sun you know he he essentially was more powerful than every other vampire that came before him and it, when blade takes him on it's just it you know it's it's a product of its time you know the cgi wasn't as great as it is nowadays but it was still just epic to be to behold oh blade Whew. so yeah i'm, I'm going to stop gushing about blade and talk about a couple of other vampires. Mark, have you have you ever seen a show called Supernatural? I watched a little bit of Supernatural, but not. Yeah. I was not a big follower of it, unfortunately. I heard it's no, a well, really good show, but I just couldn't get into it. Ah, it's okay. It's okay. They they tend to have a realistic view of you know these supernatural things that they take across. Uh, they come across and. The vampires were half kind of portrayed like the vampires in Blade, but as in they were vampires that have lived for quite a long time, and they are essentially running the show in the background. But they also introduced different levels of vampires. So you have like the higher vampires and the elder vampires, and they are vampires that have existed for like hundreds of years, and they are in society. But they just they just kind of, you know, uh, aim society towards a certain goal. And they're like, okay, we need uh, these people to rise up now. So then they pull a couple of strings and then society changes because of them. And um, technology is introduced also because of them, because they are essentially leading from in the shadows. 
They also have those younger vampires and new um, newborn vampires, and those are the ones that like Sam and Dean used to take on because they are vampires who cannot control their thirst and who just end up fighting everyone around them. Um, so those are the the two main vampires that I was introduced to when I was young. That was my introduction into vampires. Um, and if you look at portrayal in movies nowadays, where where do you see vampires? Mark, do you not watch vampire stuff? No, not really. I think the last like um, vampire I saw in a movie was. What's that fucking Adam Sandler cartoon movie thing? I saw a trailer for that, and I'm pretty sure Adam Sandler's a vampire in, in that cartoon. What? <laughs> what? <laughs> what? <laughs> I've never heard of this, and I'm very interested I think in what exactly is going on. It's like, a, it's like a, I think it's, I think it's Hotel Transyl- Transylvania. Is it? Is oh. It's, it's something like, it's something like that, Transylvania something. And I think the the I think it's Adam Sandler. I could be wrong. I've been wrong about literally every single person I've referenced so far. So, oh, it is Ho- Hotel Transylvania. It's it's uh, an animated movie. Uh yeah, I think it's a Disney. I think it's a Disney movie or Pixar movie. One of those. So, yeah, that's probably why I didn't watch it. I thought it was a. Like a live action thing, you know, like uh, Renfield, which which had Nicolas Cage as Dracula, and that that is Mark. You watched the movie. <laughs> what did. did you think it of it? It was great. It was good. <laughs> I think. I think. Yeah, it is Adam Sandler who's in Hotel Transylvania. Yeah, and Andy Samberg as well. That's that's actually like just that alone is enough for me to watch it. Um. Oh. But yeah, um, Renfield, I thought it was a, a very interesting take on the concept of, of Dracula. I liked the um, that they show like the cycles without giving too many like spoilers away. Yeah? I like that the focus is um, from the sort of Dracula's minion. And I think um, Nicolas Cage makes a pretty good unhinged va- like vampire. Jeez, Nicolas. Well, the reason why I watched this movie was because I saw Nicolas Cage was Dracula. And I was like, that that's all. That's all I need. I want to see Nicolas Cage be Dracula. Nicolas Cage has these like little niche roles that he, he d- takes sometimes. Like he was Ghost Rider and Ghost Rider was amazing. Um and there are a couple of other movies where you just see Nicolas Cage just like entirely cage out and, and it's amazing. <clears throat> so Mark, have you have you ever heard of uh Twilight? It's yeah, a, it's a craze that that took took the whole world by storm. You know, vampires. I'm, I'm more familiar with Twilight than I'd like to be, and I have ah, a feeling yeah. that's, that's and I have a feeling that's about to get worse. Yeah, yeah. I could make it worse, or I I could make it better. But yeah, in Twilight, uh, they brought vampires to the forefront of like media. Everyone wanted to see what was going on with uh, Edward Cullen and his family. These were vampires that were, uh, they could walk in the sun, but they had diamond skin. So their their skin would essentially sparkle in the sunlight. And they could also live off the blood of animals. And like they could essentially only be killed if, if they were ripped apart and beheaded. So sometimes like, you know, you see the beheadings and you're like, ah, maybe this was worth it. It wasn't. It wasn't. Yeah, that's that's what happened to me in my first, <laughs> the first time I watched uh, Twilight. I was like really hungover and tired. And I think <sighs> it was with my cousins. So I went to go watch with them. And I basically like slept through most of the movie. And then I woke up when they were like, I don't know if it's like on when they were playing the baseball I think I woke up somewhere yeah. there, and then just after that, they like ripped this one dude's head off, and I was like, "The fuck is going on in this movie?" <laughs> I thought this was like a girly movie, so I was like, "Okay, cool. That that, that wasn't so bad." Um, and then I went to go see the movie again with my girlfriend at the time. Ah, 
and I was sober and not sleepy. Uh. And that was difficult. <laughs> so I haven't seen I haven't seen any of the others. Yeah, I I watched the first one with a girl and I thought, hey, this is a, it's a love story. Um yeah, I guess I guess I'm gonna gonna enjoy this. And then I went to go watch the second one and I was like, oh wow. This is a crock of shit. <laughs> I, can't, I can't believe that I liked the first one. But then I think back, like, circumstances made me, gave me blinders, and I didn't just, I didn't see the movie for what it was. And as a result, there have been times in my life where I have been weak, and I have ended up watching all of the Twilight movies, and uh, I am not a better person for it. However, the best story out of that whole thing it's like this one lady who was like, yo, I, I was a vampire and my life was amazing. And she essentially, um, it's from like 200 years back. Now, she was with this one dude and then they essentially kidnapped her one night. And she was like, oh, I love you, man. We, we're going to get married at some point. So they were engaged. And then all of her, his friends and him found her one night and they just like, they kidnapped her. Uh, <clears throat> they did PG things to her because the movie is set up to watch um, for teenagers to watch. So they did PG things for her and they ended up killing her. And she was resurrected as a vampire by like the lead vampire out of Edward Cullen's clan. And she became a vampire at that point and she, she just went after every single one of those dudes. She found every single one of them and then murdered the shit out of them while being a newborn vampire, so her bloodlust was just unhinged. So she just murdered all of them, and then she found her bride, uh, well, her bridegroom, uh, fiancé, and she pitched up and killed her fiancé wearing a, a wedding dress that they were going to wear to their wedding, and she just ruined his shit and killed him. And I was like, holy shit, why can't the movie be that? Why can't that just be the whole movie? You know, we could have another kill ball type of thing and have that just be the whole movie. But that that was like that was like five minutes of a movie. So yeah, that's uh Yeah, that's the only good thing I brought out of out of Twilight. There are things oh, in Twilight oh, that uh, also also makes me very sad. Um and I I you know what? I do, I don't want to go into it now. I don't want to go into a terrible love affair that'll make you sick to your stomach. Yeah. All right. <clears throat> the other one, the other ways vampires have been portrayed in media is through a big show called The Vampire Diaries. And The Vampire Diaries was a show that went on for, I think, eight seasons or whatnot. My older brother was really into The Vampire Diaries because it followed vampires and he loved the story and he loved how the characters were built. I remember two people. Two people who have terrible taste in, in shows recommended Vampire <laughs> Diaries, and so I have not watched it. Ah. Well, don't watch it, okay? I, I, I've watched a little bit of it because, you know, sometimes someone goes, yo, do you want to chill and watch a little bit of a show? Then I go, yeah, sure. Why not? I'll go get some popcorn. Then I go and get popcorn, and then I come back, and then I start eating the popcorn, realize the show is terrible, and then I'm like, ah, but I got all this popcorn. I guess I'm going to have to eat this popcorn first. And it's just, it's a vicious cycle. All right, so um, one thing I loved about the show was um, they showed the compelling, compelling power of a vampire, where a vampire can compel anyone who is a human. Um, to follow their orders. So they would give you an order and you would straight up follow that. And they also had these rings that um, made them immune to sunlight. So they wouldn't get hurt by the sunlight and they can just walk around being normal people that never age. Um, but from what I heard, the best thing they portrayed was how they portray thirst. Because a vampire can become like addicted to blood. So they would drink blood, get a rush from it, and it would be essentially like a person taking heroin. So you you have like these vampires who are like, ha, I'm all cool. They drink some blood and they're like, ha, I love this stuff. I'm going to continue drinking this stuff. And they become like mass murderers 
in their own right because they are essentially living from a place of withdrawal. So they're like, ah, I need more blood. I I just I just want to get as much blood as I can. Um, so to get away from this or to change this, you, they would essentially wean themselves off of human blood and start drinking like animal blood because that will keep them alive but won't make them as strong. But you're a vampire. You're going to live forever. As long as you don't piss off like the higher being characters, you should be fine. Yeah. So, yeah, that's in media. That's that's how vampires were was essentially portrayed for me. Um, we spoke about Buffy. We spoke about Angel. Um, there are a couple of movies like Underworld, which dealt with vampires. A um, couple of shows which has vampires in as well. One of them is a show that, Mark, I implore you to watch this. It's called JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, and it has vampires in it, and it is just one of the best animes that has ever been made forever. Like, no other anime will be... Like, it has its own, like, podium that it stands on. Yeah, it's a great anime. You should watch it. But... Uh-huh. We also came across vampires in games, right? You've played a, a number of games. Have you come across vampires in games? Yes, I have. Which games are those? The one that I can think of right away is um, like Elder Scrolls Oblivion had like a vampire cult. Um, I think mm-hmm. there's vampires in Diablo. Um, the What's it? The Masquerade games? Um Vampire the Masquerade. Yeah, Vampire the va- Vampire the Masquerade. Like, so I mean, that's about all I can think of right away. Um. So, in Elder Scrolls, how were the vampires portrayed? Um, I don't remember. They weren't that different. Like, oh. they were just like all like in this underground thingy, or hanging out. At ch- I can't remember. Were they hanging out at church? Where the fuck were they? I can't remember. It was just vampires, I think, <laughs> in one of the Elder Scrolls. But I played that just so long vampires. ago. I played that so long ago, man. I know Where's, there, there, um, was, there was vampires yeah. in Diablo. Uh, yeah. And I think Diablo 3, there's vampires that you fight. But they're also just like regular mobs. They're not like anything super special. Yeah, okay. So this is another reason why I love The Witcher. Um, in The Witcher 3, you come across vampires. And they are essentially these like sentient creatures that control how society moves. You have your higher level vampire, higher level vampires that like essentially run the world. They run it from the shadows, and people generally just try to stay out of their way because you can't kill a higher vampire if you are not a higher level vampire. So, if you are a higher level vampire, you essentially are immune to like all kinds of death. If someone cuts you up and kills you, you can regenerate from that. Anything that would kill anything else is something you can come back from unless you are killed by another vampire. So as a witcher, you come across these higher level vampires and you're just like, I'm just going to leave them alone. You know, they're not killing everyone like indiscriminately. So I'm going to leave them alone. And also as a witcher, you don't have the power to take on these type of vampires. But there are lower level forms of vampires like Ikamarus and like those type of just blood sucking demons. And they run around and go and kill um, many different people. Um, and they are the ones that you would take on as a witcher. Like this is one vampire you take on that loved drinking drunken people's blood. So he would just chill outside of a brothel. And then wait for like people to come out drunk. And he's like, all right, I'm going to drink this guy's blood. He's pretty drunk. So as a witcher, you have to lure this vampire. So you go into the brothel and you just drink until you are too drunk to like see straight. So then you walk out and the witcher starts singing because he's just like horrendously drunk. Eventually the vampire sees you and the vampire attacks you and you're like, ha ha, now I'm going to have to fight this vampire and my screen is still a little bit wobbly. <laughs> but yeah, there was one higher level vampire that you do take on in this game. And like, I, it is the hardest battle I have ever had in the game. 
You take on a higher level vampire, he has like three different ro- um, forms that he can take on. He shoots vamp- uh, vampire bites at bats at you. He like has this like cutting spell, and it's. I was at this point, I was fully upgraded. I was a witcher that was fully upgraded. I maxed out all of my stats. Right, I had the highest tier of armor and weapons, and this dude just like wiped me out constantly. Because he was just portrayed as just such a powerful being that any split second choice that you make uh, is, if you miss it, you end up dying. And it was just a beautiful way of portraying like a higher level vampire and why witches don't generally go and mess up with, uh, mess around with them. Yeah. So, yeah, dude, vampires will fuck your shit up, man. (laughs) So, Anything else you wanna wanna bring to the fourth about vampires on your side, Mister? Nah, that's me, eh? Like, I don't yeah. really have any other notes. Like I said, like my deep dive was all into the what makes a vampire become a vampire vibes. Where did vampires come from? <laughs> Where's I was like, I love. Yeah, well, I, it, it was like the whole chicken versus the egg thing. It's like, but to become a vampire, you need a vampire to make you a vampire. So then, how did that vampire become a vampire? Uh, yeah, I I can see how you would get stuck in like um, so then I started looking. and and something like that. <laughs> yeah, so um, vampires. There's one little thing that I just put down at the bottom where I say vampires essentially lose the humanity when they become a vampire because they lose the one thing that connects us all, which is death, and it's the one thing that makes them different from us and singles them out. Um, as something that starts out caring about things, but ultimately, the longer they stay alive, the more detached they become from humanity, and the more uncaring they become about humanity. And that came from the depiction of vampires in the book that I was talking about, The Knights of the Dark Renown, where you have these vampires who... uh, They were great warriors, and when they started... Um, tasting this humanity, this immortality, they started losing pieces of themselves. Like they were no longer as attached to humanity. They were no longer heroes because all they they were above it all. Simply because that power just corrupted them on the inside. They became detached from humanity, and as a result, you know, they became the knights of the dark renown. It's a it's a great book um, by David Gimmel. Give it a read if you are an avid reader. He's an epic, a heroic, epic fantasy author. And he is, in my opinion, one of the best fantasy authors that has ever walked this earth. I will go into length about how good he is and what he meant for the whole fantasy genre in another podcast. Yeah. Um... Fuck, I was holding that idea for so long now and it slipped away. What was I going to say? Humanity. Oh, yeah, losing your humanity, right? So, like, um, it doesn't necessarily have to... It doesn't necessarily have to be about, like, power and power corrupting and all of that stuff that makes them them lose their humanity. Um, Just the, the fact that you're alive for so long, you literally watch everyone you know and ever knew die in, like... If, if you're now not like this, this if you if you consider yourself, you know, you're not like bloodlusted vampire killing everything, you're still connected to things, right? You're still connected to like all the things that you've, you had when you were human. All of those things will age and die and, and, and 50 years, 100 years, 200 years go by and you just keep watching everything you know just die and like pass by while time sort of stands still for you. That's going to cause mm-hmm. a disconnect as well. So... So, I mean, it, 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 there's so many uh, aspects about, like, vampire, like, the vampire sort of uh, situation that could lead to the sort of just separation and, oh, well, it's better just to live in the shadows mm. not be a part you, of all of this anymore. Yeah, you can't relate to anyone anyway. Like, yeah. think about, like, what drives you. You're like, cool, I have to go to work today because if I go to work today, then I'll have enough money so that I can pay my rent, so that I can buy me some food, so that I can do all of this stuff. With a vampire, like, their needs, their planning is 
they can plan for like hundreds of years in the future and then just do little things to to move their plan forward. They're not worried about paying rent. They're not worried about like making sure there's food on their table. You know, they they entire our needs are something entirely different to what they need and what they want. So the longer they live and the longer they um, realize they have to live, the, the it all just changes your perspective of what your goals are going forward. So you, you're no longer like anyone else, you know? Yeah, that's, yeah. that's how I see it, man. Yeah, um, uh, a show I would like to recommend, uh, if you like a 90s show and 90s shows and those type of things, I'd recommend Buffy the Vampire Slayer and Angel because they deal with vampires as well. There is another show that I watched recently called Midnight Mass, which is just, it's a brilliant show. It's brilliant. It's only got one season out on it. It's somewhat related to vampires. So if you're interested in that, it's, I, I recommend and that you buy it. Or watch it. Dracula dead and loving it. Like, of course, of course. That's that's where <laughs> if you want to learn about vampires, that's where you start. <laughs> no, no, no. You start with Redfield. <laughs> you start with Redfield. Well, no, actually, I would think you 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 should actually watch Dracula first and then Renfield afterwards because Renfield oh, wow. is kind of a spiritual continuation of this Dracula story. I have never thought about it like that. That's why they do the flashback in the beginning of the movie. Like, yeah, it's good. It's good. Okay, so yeah, watch Dracula Dead and Loving It, then Renfield. Um, if you're looking for a more actiony type of movie, Underworld, um, with Kate Beckinsale. Um, well, Blade is just a movie you should watch in general. Right, you watch all three Blade movies. It, it not if you're looking for like a vampire movie, but if you're just looking for a good ride, a great movie. Um, and if you are looking for a great anime, Jojo's Bizarre Adventure. If, if you watch that anime, uh, if you already watch that anime and you love the anime, then of course we will, we will get along pretty well, me and you. Uh, cause it's an anime that you either love or you don't. And I love it. And I would like to spread like my Jojo love as far as I could go. It's just it's a great anime. Um, yeah, Supernatural, I would recommend, but it's got 13 seasons and things become convoluted when they start introducing certain elements. And it just, there was a point where I was like, nah, I think this has gone on a little bit too long. But the first six seasons, great, great episodes. The story that, that they portrayed over all season, really good. Everything was well researched. Um, and as I said, they portray vampires in a very realistic way. They portray other and other um, deities and other monsters as well very well. It's a it's a good show. Uh, and Jensen Ackles is in it. He's and and the other dude who's with Jensen Ackles. <laughs> so yeah, um, I would link all of these uh, stories in the description if you want to give it a give it a watch on your side, but. Yeah, that's that's ultimately all I have to say about vampires. Yeah. yeah. Don't get bitten, guys. And we'll catch you on the next one. Yeah. Take care.